Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Riley drops back, looks, looks, dances and throws, and he's going deep down the field. Oh, what a catch by Darrell Walker, who skips his way to the end zone. He'll drop it off to Bouillon, twist it back to McDavid, inside to Heverly, reshot, score! 3 nothing. Jordan Heverly from Connor McDavid, and the Oilers are pouring it on, Craig Anderson and the hapless Senators. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports, with Reed Wilkins, on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 Chad. Will it be fight night in the Shark Tank for the Edmonton Oilers? Darnell Nurse going into San Jose for the first time since getting suspended for going after Roman Polak earlier this month. The Oilers off today. Morning skate tomorrow, then they'll face the Sharks tomorrow night. What's going to happen with the Calder Trophy here? Connor McDavid going to win it. He is third in the NHL in points per game. But he has yet to play half a season in terms of games played. We will debate that off the top tonight. You can call us 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Kelly Rudy will join us tonight. We'll talk a little bit about some of the smartest player players he has ever played with. Bob Stoffer coming up in one hour. And with two weeks to go until the closing of Rexall Place, at least when it comes to Oilers games. We will have some memories with longtime Oilers PA announcer Mark Lewis. He's been doing that job since 1981. And Rod Proudfoot on the show as well. The talk about a huge boxing match that was at Rexall Place almost 30 years ago. That is going to be pretty cool. How are you doing tonight, everybody? My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, it is 6.08. Really good to have you along for the ride tonight. So the Oilers will play game two of their three-game road trip tomorrow against the Sharks. Only six games remaining in the Edmonton Oilers season. Just six games left to go, two on the road, three at home, and then the road game in Vancouver on Saturday April 9th to finish it off. Last night, the Oilers losing 4-2 to the Arizona Coyotes. Really, I got to tell you guys, unless I'm uh, I'm missing something or, or you have something earth-shattering to say, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about this game last night. It was, um, to me, it, finally, it, it falls into the category that many, many Oilers games have fallen into this season. Uh, played okay at times, certainly certainly carried the play in the third period, can't score, don't score enough, are not an offensive team, haven't been an offensive team in a long, long time. I guess the one un- unusual thing about last night's game was that the goaltender, Cam Talbot, led in a bad one, and that has not happened often with him at all. First goal, he dropped it with his glove, it goes right to Tange, who bangs it in. The Oilers' power play did come through, uh, good for it. They, they did have five-on-five pressure, but they don't finish their chances. And and to me, I mean, I know we've talked a lot about the defense, and that is a problem, and, and the better defense is going to help the offense. But too many good chances going unfinished 
by this team. And that happened a lot last night. Best case, uh, or the best example of that, Dreisaitl, who I thought looked pretty good last night, sets up Taylor Hall, pass across the crease, it's it's flicked wide. The shots in the third period were 7-7, even though the Oilers carried the play. So, uh, just kind of a, a typical game. There's there's always something that, that keeps this team out of the win column. Yes, overall, they're closer than last year. I do believe they've improved. I, I do believe there are good elements to the roster, um, but still not good enough to win. And I think some of it is personnel, and uh, I think some of it is the... I think in some case they have they have good personnel who simply don't play consistently enough or aren't working hard enough at their crafts to improve. And that's why, as of right now, the Oilers are 29th in points. They are dead last in terms of points percentage. We'll see what happens with the Leafs and the Jets and the Canucks. I mean, a lot of bad teams around the Oilers, obviously, when you talk about the bottom seven or eight at this time of year. Uh, obviously, one of the good pieces on this team is Connor McDavid, who two assists last night. He's he's starting to look pretty consistent in terms of bringing it night after night and being able to create things night after night. I mean, yeah, he's got some things to work on. He's still incredibly young when it comes to his NHL career. Um, but but the question is, is his season enough? And and we are going to talk about this tonight because I think it's an appropriate time to do it because, like I said, I don't have a lot to say about the game last night. And McDavid on a five-game point streak where he's racked up seven assists. What about the Calder Trophy? And and, and I actually find this interesting, and I, and I think it, I would find this interesting even if there wasn't a strong Edmonton angle to it in, in that you, want, you have one guy who is clearly the best freshman player in the league like the best player in terms of his ability in terms of his production the thing is he is not going to play anywhere near a full season McDavid's going to play 45 games if he plays the final six Uh, then you have another guy who also has really good production not quite as good as McDavid in points per game who plays on a better team with an outstanding line mate and who's older and more experienced, but in terms of just picking the top first-year player, it's it's probably him because he's going to play a full season and he's going to have a boatload load of points as well, and that is to the Chicago Blackhawks, Artemi Panarin. 780-496-0063. You can also text 63630. Matthew Panastic is the studio producer this evening. So, Matthew, I did a little bit of a poll today. Okay. Reached out to some people that I knew and some that I didn't. And And look... This is one of those things we in the media do this sometimes. You have an anonymous survey. I mean, you see NHL and then the CFL do it, ask player, who's the dirtiest player in the league, who's the most underrated, who's the fastest. So it was anonymous for me. The only person whose result, whose vote I publicized was Dave Campbell, who sits behind me in the sports department uh, at a desk right across the walkway. So uh, he was like, you can put mine in there. So I reached out to some people. I wound up getting 17 replies to this point. Maybe I'll still get more. And I said, who, who would you pick? Who would you pick if you were voting for the Calder Trophy today? If you were doing it today? Now, Panarin, remember this, the rookie scoring leader, 64 points in 72 games. Connor McDavid has only played 39 games. 
he has 1.08 points per game, which is third in the entire NHL. The Calder Trophy, Matthew Panasha, do you know the, do you know the exact wording of what the Calder Trophy is given for? I believe the most outstanding rookie for the season. Outstanding, is it not? It is not. It is given to the player selected as the most proficient in his first year of competition in the National Hockey League. The most proficient. Now that kind of leaves it open to interpretation, doesn't it? What do you consider to be proficient? Do you consider it to be playing most or all of the games and having a lot of points? Do you consider it to be having the best points per game average? Do you consider it being the, the best player at, at your position as a rookie? So how do you define proficient? That, that is up to the individual voters. And, and, and perhaps that's why there, there's going to be, it's going to be a split vote, though I think Panarin is going to win. But, I mean, in terms of proficiency, is, is Connor McDavid not the most proficient rookie in the National Hockey League simply because of his points per game average? The other debate here is should the rules change? Should the rules change? Because Artemi Panarin is 24 years old, and he's played over 250 games in another professional hockey league. He played in the KHL. He didn't just play there for 10 games and then join the NHL, and he's really good. He's a, a more seasoned, experienced, mature player. Connor McDavid is fresh out of the draft and fresh out of junior hockey. Should the rule change? Like right now, the age limit is 26. Do you lower to 23? Do you say that if you play X number of games in another pro league, you are not eligible, whether it's 100, 150, or whatever? That's a bigger debate than who wins this year. Got a few text messages coming into 630-630. The phone lines are also open, 780-496-0063. And I'll let you know the results of my poll when you get back. Inside Sports on Chad. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 619 Inside Sports presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow for your Alberta Motor Association's Oilers Hockey AMA Safety and Savings for your family. 7 o'clock face-off show, 8.30. Drop of the puck, Oilers at Sharks. We'll have a one-hour edition of Inside Sports leading into that. Uh, somebody phoned in with a, with a question about Gretzky not winning the Calder at 79.80, Matthew. Well, I mean, I'm looking on the NHL. I, I, I read that definition of the Calder trophy right off the NHL website, their, their page for the trophy. Uh, they also say, to be eligible, a player cannot have played more than 25 games in any single preceding season in any major professional league. Wayne Gretzky was not eligible to win the Calder because he had played a full season in the World Hockey Association in 78-79. So they said the WHL, WHA was another major professional league. So the NHL right now is saying the KHL is not a major professional league, and if you want to market yourself as the biggest hockey league in the world, then you just don't refer to any other league as major league. And I think that's what the NHL is doing here, right? So... 
So, and I mean, they didn't want a WHA player to win it at the time, but it, but also if you're going to accept WHA teams into your league, then you have to say, oh, well, that was a major league. That's why we took these teams. But any any team now that's not in our league or we wouldn't consider having in our league isn't major league. So you could play a thousand games in the KHL. Well, you wouldn't. You have to be under 26. But you know what I mean. You could you could play. I mean, you could play 350 games in the KHL and come here when you're 25 and win Rookie of the Year. That should probably be changed. Some text here to 630-630. Quinton says, the only way that voters should not select McDavid to win is because they believe he would not maintain his scoring pace over 82 games. If If they believe that he would, it should not matter how many games he plays. He is most proficient. While Adam says points per game is bunk. Had Connor played only one game but had a goal and two assists but missed the rest of the season, he'd be first in the league in points per game. I know that's not how it works, but it's certainly not the most telling stat. Uh, A few questions about Gretzky. Hopefully uh, I asked that. Don says, does the voting take into consideration that Connor has been voted as Rookie of the Month for every month he has played in? That's a good point. He might win Rookie of the Month every month. So when he was healthy, there was never a rookie better than him in any significant stretch of the season. You know, I mean, beyond like a week maybe, right? That's that's a good point by Don. This texture says, Reed, the difference is McDavid leads his team offensively and drives it for his line mates. The Chicago player is riding the coattails of Kane. Kevin says, Connor McDavid is my pick for the Calder Trophy. Let's hope the Oilers win their final six games of the season, including that final game at Rexall Place. That would be special. And Michael says, how often does the Calder go to someone other than just the rookie points leader unless it's a defenseman? It often does go to the rookie points leader, and I think it will this year. And that is what my little informal anonymous survey showed. I had 17 people reply. Now, look. It's a survey by a media guy in Edmonton who listens to a lot of Def Leppard and watches The Walking Dead. So take it with a grain of salt. But I think it's an indication. I mean, when it comes to the people who will actually vote, they're going to have about about 150, 160 media people vote. They're going to pick the top five. Right? They're going to pick their top five choices. I just said, give me three. I assigned points, three, two, one, based on first, second, and third. Panarin got 11 first-place votes out of 17 and 40 points total. McDavid got four first-place votes, six, second, and five, third, for 29 points total. There were two ballots that did not name Neither McDavid nor Panarin, like separate ballots, but uh, they were each named on 15 ballots, not the same 15 out of 17. Shane Gostisbehere got third. He got one first-place vote. Jack Eichel got fourth. He got one first-place vote. I know somebody said to me on Twitter, did you let his mom vote? I did not let Jack Eichel's mom vote. Dylan Larkin from the Red Red Wings was the only other guy to get a vote, he got one third-place vote. So 17 voters, they voted for five players, basically for four. Uh, I asked 13 people in the media working in radio, TV, or print. I asked two bloggers, 
one of them in the Western Conference, one of them in the Eastern Conference. I also got responses from two current National Hockey League players. Again, one in the Eastern Conference, one in the Western Conference. Both of the players selected Panarin first and McDavid second, which leads me to believe that the players themselves believe you do have to play more than 45 games to win a major award, that it's not all points per game. So I found that interesting. It'd be great if McDavid won. Um, I just think Panarin is having too good of a season. DW says, hey, Reed, if you're talking proficiency, what about the ghost in Philadelphia? He's putting together a pretty good season as well, especially for a defenseman. Well, very good season. He's not going to play all the games either. Can you double-check how many games he's at? Because he wasn't there with them at the start of the season. I mean, he was on 14 of the 17 ballots, but he had only one first-place vote. Drew's view says, it doesn't matter to me about the Calder Trophy anyways. 20 years from now, let's see where the two teams sit in terms of their legacy. And uh, this texture says, why should Panarin be punished for good development, unlike the Oilers who rush their players into the NHL? Well, okay, look, the Oilers have rushed players into the NHL, but it, that's not a valid comparison between McDavid and Panarin. I mean, Panarin was signed by the Blackhawks in April of 2015. He was not drafted by the Blackhawks and seasoned in the KHL. Okay, so understand what you're criticizing if you're trying to criticize something. Uh, all right. A lot of texts come in. What's uh, Gostas Bear at? You got it, Matthew? Still getting He's He didn't Not play. Yet. He's played 50-some games, I think. Where is it? The Flyers. Why can't I find the Flyers? It's all right. We'll, uh, we'll get it. All right, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Uh, Corey the Butcher, hey, Reed, just out of curiosity, uh, how did the Oilers fare in their first ever game played at Northlands Rexall? Wasn't that the uh, game against Detroit that ended in a 3-3 tie? Yes. So that's the answer to that. And uh, Warren says, Reed, what's your opening song? I love it, as do I, Warren. It is Live It Up by the band Airborne. All right. We're going to take a break for the 6.30 news. We'll get to more of your texts. And Bob Ridley, the play-by-play voice for the Medicine Hat Tigers, this guy is a legend. 3,700 games behind the microphone, and he'll fill us in on how the Oil Kings pulled it out last night in their tiebreaker. You're listening to 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Tuning in at 6.34. By the way, Matthew, did you see that curling this afternoon? Yeah, what happened? She blew it. Oh. Man, Canada was up 7-4 after 8 against South Korea. South Korea got 2 in the ninth. Canada has Hammer in the 10th. Got to do a little uh, bump to put the victory away. Chelsea Carey gets nothing. And South Korea steals 2 to win 8-7. Canada back at it. 
at Worlds against Finland in about half an hour. The uh, Canadians now 6-2. and two. Your scoreboard update for Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. In the NHL tonight, just two games. The Islanders taking it to the Senators up now 3-0 late in the second period. Bruins and Rangers tied 1-1 with nine minutes left in the first. We'll keep you updated on those ones. The Oil Kings will play tomorrow at Brandon, 6.30 Edmonton time for the start. Uh, we'll have some details on their tiebreaker game with Bob Ridley from the Medicine Hat broadcaster booth, uh, broadcast booth in a couple of minutes. Some text here to 6.30, 6.30. This is great. This, this, this is great, Matthew. So we're talking about the, uh, the Calder Trophy. And uh, this this person texts in, and, and, and like if here's the thing, if people don't know, if we we just get our the text messages through this website that we log into, and we can actually click on your phone number to see your past texts, right? So this person, according to their history, has never texted Ched before, just simply writing in to say the Oilers suck. Well, thank thank you for that commentary, especially related to the Calder Trophy topic that we had going. Eddie says, sorry, Connor, no Calder for you. However, how about two or three Stanley Cup rings a few years down the road? That's from Eddie. And Propane Tank, good to hear from you, says, hey, Reed, about Eberle's goal last night, I found that it was unfortunate that the credit for the goal was somewhat of an inexactitude. If you watch the replay, the puck was directed by a poking thrust by nail. The stick blade of Jordan was in between the puck and the stick of Yakupov. You would have concluded this also in the post-goal celebration, Nail was the one raising his arms, rejoicing, and Jordan, by his expression, conceded. That is from Propane Tank. First of all, Propane Tank, your texts are always a joy. You get extra points tonight, not only for using the word inexactitude, which I don't know if that's a word or not, and also for using the phrase poking thrust. However, I don't, I, I don't think Yakupov touched the puck. I think Eberle touched it. I think Yakupov got his stick in there. I don't think he ever contacted it, and they took the uh, the assist away as well. And Propane Tank, look, before you get angry, there is no better view of a game of hockey than on the 14-inch black-and-white television on which Rob Brown and I watch games here in the 630 Chet studio, okay? So just remember that. It is 637 inside sports on 630 Chet. Oil Kings, big win last night in Medicine Hat, 6-4. Bob Ridley called that game for the Medicine Hat Tigers. He has done 3,700 career games. He is an amazing fixture and legend in the Western Hockey League, and he joins us now. Bob, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, great, Reid, and uh, what's new in Edmonton? Well, I got to tell you, I was... I, I didn't get to watch the game or listen to it last night because I, I cover the Oilers, but uh, a lot of Rob Brown and I updating the internet and checking Twitter, and that sounded like uh, quite a contest last night. It was a great game. It's one that could have gone one way or the other, and uh, certainly the Emmett Oil Kings uh, had one thing really going well for them, and that was their power play. They scored two big goals, both coming on the power play, and their penalty kill was perfect. And so especially teams actually uh, certainly won that game for the Edmonton Kings. And uh, uh, they came into Medicine Hat. They were very well prepared, and uh, they played very well. There's no question. I mean, we know how the season series went with, with the Tigers dominating, and the game starts, and it's 2 nothing for the Tigers. I think it was 5:02 into the first period with a couple of quick goals. What were you thinking at that point? What was the crowd reacting given how the season series had gone and then the Tigers take control early? 
Well, it kind of looked as though the Tigers are going to, well, here we go again. They're going to kind of run away with this game and uh, make it seven straight against the Abbott Oil Kings. But they dug their heels in. They really got uh, determined. They're a bigger team than what the Tigers were. They started to keep the Tigers to the outside. And uh, Tigers weren't getting a lot of quality scoring opportunities after they uh, took that early lead. And Edmonton just kept chipping away, scored a big power play goal to get uh, going again. And, uh uh, they uh, jumped ahead 3-2 and were able to hold on for the win. So it was uh, kind of a rope-a-dope, and the Abbott Kings, uh, they won that uh, particular battle. Bob Ridley joining us, play-by-play voice for the Medicine Hat Tigers. Now, I, I, I imagine you're probably not counting, because I don't think I would be in your situation. But, but again, according to social media, uh, 3,700 games for the Tigers you have now done play-by-play after last night. That is, uh, that's quite a number, Bob. What does that number mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it means I'm getting old, obviously. I mean, uh, I, I didn't feel that old until uh, somebody made mention of the fact, and then it's uh, out in the social media and everything else. But, uh, I, I, you know, i, I got to look at it this way. I'm very, very fortunate to have uh, survived this long and uh, been involved with the, the Tigers and their play-by-play uh, for this length of time, and I've seen some great hockey and some great moments in the, this wonderful game of hockey. So uh, it's been just one heck of a ride, i got to tell you that. All right, here's one of the many tough questions I'm going to ask you, Bob. Do you remember your first game? I certainly do. It uh, was at the brand-new arena in uh, Medicine Hat here, and uh, that particular game we were uh, playing, and uh, it was against the Abadola Kings, believe it or not, and uh, the uh, Tigers lost that game. But remember the first goal that was ever scored. It was uh, scored by Keith Silvernagle, uh, a kid out of the bigger Saskatchewan, and uh, the uh, Tigers went on. They didn't make the playoffs that year, but uh, three years later, in 73, they won the championship, and uh, they went on to the Memorial Cup in Montreal. So that was the start of a, a great adventure as far as this uh, franchise was concerned. Well, that's awesome that uh, it was the uh, the old Oil Kings that your first game was against. That's that's pretty cool. What were what were you? How did you get into doing Tigers games? Was that your first broadcasting gig, or, or I mean, how did you land the job to begin with? Well, actually, I came to medicine after broadcasting a couple of years in intermediate hockey in the old Wild Goose League in Saskatchewan. And it just so happened that at the time I came into medicine, it was 1968. It was senior hockey. The old medicine hat, Joyline Blades, were involved with the Edmonton Monarchs, Calgary Stampeders, Vermeller Miners, and so on. And it was a real good senior league at that time. And then uh, what happened is the Tigers, uh, well, the rink burnt down. And uh, then the Tigers came into being. The uh, Bill Hunter and Scotty Monroe thought uh, Medicine Hat would be a real good fit as far as uh, putting a Western Hockey League franchise in here. It was called the Western Hockey Junior Hockey League way back then. It was kind of a, a long-tailed uh, particular name. But uh, uh, the, the uh, franchise uh, took hold. One of the owners of the uh, Joyland Blades, uh, he got a couple of other guys together and they uh, got into the league. They got into the league for $2,500, if you could believe that. And uh, now the franchise is worth millions. So, you know, it's just uh, one of those things. Uh, the uh, the new rink is being built and the, the new franchise came into being and it was quite a story. 
That's great. Bob Ridley joining us on Inside Sports from the Medicine Hat Tigers broadcast booth. Now, Bob, what's the what's the deal here with you driving the, the team bus? Are you still are you still doing this, or or what what's what's the deal with your with your duties there? Well, it uh, started uh, back in 1973-74. The, the team bought a bus. They didn't have anybody to drive it, and me being an old farm boy and so on, I uh, thought, well, I'll help you out, and I can do a little bit of driving here. Well, as it turned out, after the first trip, I was doing it all, and I did it up until about a, two years ago, and it was a total of 42 years behind the wheel, and I just said, hey, I'm just going to finish off my career by uh, doing the play-by-play, and that's it, and that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. But uh, uh, we put a lot of miles on back and forth across Western Canada, that's for sure. Now, how? I mean, didn't you get tired sometimes? Like, I mean, like you'd drive for hours, and then you'd have to hop off the bus and go call a game? Where'd you, like, where'd you find the energy? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I think about that quite a bit, but uh, it's uh, not necessarily all just energy. It's responsibility, and you... You really felt that uh, you had to do the job for the kids and uh, the people on the bus and get them home safely. But uh, I don't know, uh, doing a play-by-play, after that, the play-by-play, you're really pumped. You're really excited for the first couple of three hours. I couldn't go to sleep anyway, so what the heck, I may as well sit there and drive the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that, uh, that is amazing stuff. Um I, I don't hold this against me, Bob, but one of our regular guests on this uh, program is Kelly Rudy. You gotta, you gotta have a great Kelly story for me. Kelly Rudy's uh, just one of the greatest Tigers ever. There's no question about it. And uh, he's not only good on the air, but uh, you know he's just a, a real good friend. And uh, I've known Kelly ever since he played hockey here. And Kelly, uh, when he first came to Medicine Hat, he had a pair of blue jeans and a sweatshirt, and that was it. He didn't think he's going to make the team. Well. Certainly, he made the team, and then he had to go all the way back home to Edmonton and, uh, you know, uh, get a whole uh, wardrobe of clothes uh, that he brought back down here. But uh, Kelly always had an interest in radio and television, and uh, we'd be driving for miles and miles and miles, and he'd come up at the front of the bus, and he'd want to talk uh, radio, and I'd want to talk hockey, and we had uh, some real lengthy conversations, so... uh, Kelly, believe it or not, uh, as great a goaltender as he was, he always had a great interest in, in broadcasting, and look what he's doing right now with Hockey Night in Canada. It's unbelievable. Bob, I mean, everybody in the Western Hockey League is is 20 and younger. Have the kids changed over the years? Yeah, they certainly have. But, uh, you know, that's helped keep me young as well. And uh, I think in lots of ways the kids are – with uh, the social media, with, uh, you know, television the way it is and so on, I think the kids in some ways are, they mature earlier as far as players are concerned. And they have to if they're going to uh, compete at this level. So, uh, you know, I, I think uh, a 15-year-old nowadays is probably as mature as what a 17- or 18-year-old was uh, maybe back in the day. So, uh, you know, hats off to the kids and their development and the players uh, – uh, their parents uh, certainly bring them along a lot quicker, and now they've got agents and everything else. And I just find the, the kids are more mature now than they were, say, 15 or 20 years ago. All right, Bob, just a couple more for you. First one, I'm going to have a little bit of fun here. I mean, you <laughs> talked about the championships and the Memorial Cups and some of the great uh, moments you've called. Do you have a favorite fight? <laughs> favorite fight? Oh, my goodness. Uh, there was just so many of them. Uh, 
Bob Gassoff, uh, way back in the early 70s, was one of the toughest customers uh, I've ever seen here in the the Western Hockey League. And it was kind of interesting, him and Danny Gare, who played for the Calgary Centennials way back in the day, and they just hated one another. And they'd probably, back uh, in the old days, you could have four or five fights a game and uh, still come back battling again. But uh, uh, Bob Gassoff would knock Danny Gare down on the ice. I don't know how many times Gare would get right back up and start swinging again. They were the two of the toughest guys I've ever seen in the entire Western Hockey League. And, uh, you know, those were uh, the days when, uh, I'll tell you one thing, you had to be tough to play in the Western Hockey League. And there was so many other great tough guys that came through the ranks, probably one of the latest ones uh, was uh, Shane Shurla, who's now scouting for the Montreal Canadiens. And I remember him and uh, Bob Gardner getting involved in some Real battles there, when, uh, and Dave Manson, who's now the assistant coach there in Prince Albert. And uh, I remember one uh, playoff series where Shane Sherla played the entire series with uh, two broken hands. That's how tough he was. And uh, it all, the list goes on and on. But uh, over the years, there's been some great battlers here in the Western Hockey League. All right. And, Bob, you know what it's like because I have found this out in, in my career when uh, when you're in the media, people always want you to make predictions, whether you know what you're talking about or not. And trust me, most of my predictions are wrong. But uh, <laughs> who, <am I? laughs> who do you, who do you like to meet in the WHL final? Uh, well, I, I I really feel that uh, you know the Victoria the Victoria Royals are going to be real tough coming out of that Western Conference. I, I really think they are the team uh, coming out of the. East, uh, I'd have to give the nod to the brand of Wick Kings, and I think those are the two teams that will probably meet in the uh, Western Hockey League final. Bob, thanks so much for doing this. Great stories. Thanks for giving us a first-hand account of what sounded like an incredible game last night. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on Inside Sports. Uh, it's my pleasure, Ray, anytime. Excellent stuff. Bob Ridley. I've never interviewed him before. That was awesome. Play-by-play voice for the Medicine Hat Tigers over 40 years, 3,700 games as of last night's tiebreaker with his Tigers losing to the Edmonton Oil Kings. So he doesn't drive the bus anymore. For the last couple years, he hasn't. But for a long time, that was his, well, one of his claims to fame. Did the play-by-play and drove the team bus. Incredible stuff. Great to have him on the show. You can text us to 630-630. Got a couple comments about uh, Bob Ridley that I will get to. Stoffers coming up after 7. Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right. The oven check, the oven chicken, I should say, texts in. He says, my problem with Panarin winning the Calder is that he isn't better than McDavid now, and it's likely this is as good as he gets. McDavid, however, the sky is the limit. Lamont says it's totally stupid to even consider Panarin. He played in the KHL and he's 24. That is nuts. Yakushev, who's a beauty, Makarov won the Calder when he was 31, so I guess he graduated from high school when he was 27. What? No! <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Dan texting in says there's a hamburger named after Mr. Mr. Ridley in a bar in Medicine Hat. The Ridley Burger is very large and very good. I wish I'd seen that during the interview. Could have asked Bob Ridley about having a hamburger named after him. Is there a greater sign of fame 
and appreciation in North American culture, Matthew Panashik, than having a burger named after you? I think not. The Wilkie? Oh, man. Could you imagine the Wilkie on I the menu? I can't even imagine it. I cannot even imagine it. Be awesome, though. I, I, I'd eat the Wilkie for sure. Well, okay. <laughs> it sounded awkward. I don't know. Something about that sounded awkward. The uh, 654. It's like, what? You got a new Bengals hat. I do. It cost me 12 bucks where I bought it. Is it that on, cheap for a hat? I don't buy a lot of hats. It was on sale for 24 and then it was half price, too. So where? $12. At like Lids or something? At Jersey City. Anyway. It's a new style Bengals hat. It's got yeah, a big I, tiger I like on it. The front. So I bought it. So, you know, it looks nice. You must be getting excited. Isn't the draft soon? Next, uh, it's in May, May first or something like that. Oh, okay, so you got to wait. Are you going to wear like your full Bengals gear to the station again? Yes, if I'm working. F- helmet here. and pants included. Yes, I have. To, I'm going in for surgery, by the way. What? Yes. But is this something we need to talk about on the radio? No. Okay. Well, no. I'll just <laughs> okay. say I'm going in for surgery. That's also I might not be here on the thirtieth. All right. Draft day. Well, okay. Let me let me just ask you this: Will your gender be the same when you get back? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it will be. <laughs> All right, it's not life-threatening surgery. You're not no. you're not afflicted by a life-threatening illness that you no. need surgery for. No, right, I'm, so I'm, it's I'm good. Minor surgery. Minor, right. day, minor day surgery. So right. I'll be I'll be on the IR for a bit. Though. Well, I'm glad you I'm glad you you shared that. By the way, if you're a company looking to sponsor Matthew's surgery talk on Inside Sports, send me an email. Inside Sports at 630Ched.com. In the National Hockey League tonight, the Islanders cruising along against the Senators, up 3-0 after two. Martin, Nelson, and Tavares have the goals. Tavares up to 27 on the season. Uh, th- what, what is going on? Did, okay, now I can't trust ESPN because it said it was 1-1 between the Bruins and the Rangers 20 minutes ago, and now it says it's 2-0 for the Rangers after one. There must have been a goal disallowed or something. Anyway. I'll check it. Those are the only two games tonight. Canada's going to be back on the ice right away, curling at the Worlds, taking on Finland. 8-7 loss for Chelsea Carey against South Korea this afternoon. Oilers prospect Ethan Bear named a Western Conference All-Star. He's with Seattle in the WHL. 65 points this year, fifth fifth highest scoring defenseman in the dub. The Oilers took him 124th overall in the 2015 draft. Looks like he's coming along nicely. In the next hour, Bob Stoffer checking in from San Jose. He's with the Oilers. Kelly Rudy making his weekly appearance. Going to ask him about Bob Ridley. Bob Ridley called him one of the greatest Tigers ever. Memories of Rexall Place later on with PA announcer Mark Lewis. He's been doing the PA for Oilers games since 1981. That and more ahead inside sports on Chet.